When I was six years old, I broke my leg. Now we're sure running to start from this. my brother and his friends. Gonna go with the rest of the questions here. Okay. So, if you could choose your favorite home cooked meal, what would you choose? Probably mm. oh, my mom's sweet and sour meatballs. Oh my goodness. Those that that's incredible. Uh, especially with the sweet and sour side too. Ooh. Been a long time. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so what's yours? Uh, yeah. Uh so mine. Oh, I love the chicken cutlet. Um, don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, I know there's like a good place right down the ro uh, road for me that isn't really good. So I've always tried to beat it when I tried to cook it. Um, but yeah, it's just when it's homemade, do it myself. Got it what I want right on it. So there you go. Yeah, no, definitely can't beat it by any means. Uh so in terms of more like the baseball note, uh whenever we look, you know, into the season where it's just getting started, especially at this point of the year, like we were just talking about, you know, getting ready for those finishing touches for the season to start. Um, how does the organization, like essentially, like so talking about the players here, how does the organization go about really getting the players to be on the team, scouting them to dealing with them as the season's about to start and through the season too? Well, it actually starts as soon as the season ends. Um, we start getting calls from coaches and such like right after the season ends and um, going into fall ball. Um, that's why you have to have a great relationship between the front office and your coaching staff, because most of the time your coaches will know, we'll talk to the other coaches and such, especially at this level, this level is a little, a little less intense, obviously than the pro ranks. Um, so the college coaches, they all, they all know each other and they talk and, Hey, I've got this kid coming on board or, and then right after, you know, midway through fall ball, we really get ramped up and, and Hey, you know, this kid is, is going to needs it's going to need some more reps and, and such. And so the, the preliminary roster is pretty much done by, I'd say Halloween, to be honest with you. Oh, really? And um, then you just kind of fill as kids drop and go, or, and then you have last minute and, um, so you over, you overstaff the roster cause you know, you're going to have fallouts and dropouts and, and such and kids will enter the, you know, the transfer portal and, um, mm. from there. And so, you know, right now, and then, you know, once the season starts, the collegiate season starts, the, your coaches keep an eye on it and on the roster to see who's doing what, see who's getting up bats. And then, you know, if, if a kid got hurt, we'll have to find a replacement, um, or they're just not doing what they need to do and the coach will call us and say hey i'm not sending them um or the, the the athlete will go hey you know i'm this is my last summer before i have to enter the big bad world type situation i decided i'm, I'm done all right um or a kid really came on strong and being scouted by a major organization and thinks he's gonna get drafted and he'll pull himself out so it's just it's just a matter of keeping keeping an eye. I talk to my coach probably once or twice a week, and he's keeping a close eye on who's doing what in school and stuff, and uh, we go from there. So it's, it's all building relationships at this level uh, with with the collegiate coaches and and finding out that good mix of, of kids. And you know, unfortunately, some of it has to do with your host family situation. If you don't have a whole lot of host families, you got to go more local. 
um, and try to figure that out. Um, also, you got to keep in mind that the season starts, you know, May 24th, and a lot of the high major D1s are just finishing up their season and going into tournament, conference tournaments. So if you have a lot of high you know, D1 high majors, they're not going to be here at the start of the season, especially if they make the tourney. So you mm-hmm. have to find some some local talent to fill in until those players get here. And they, those players usually will leave early because of fall ball and stuff. And so you got to keep that in mind as well. It, yeah, um, that's huge too, especially like you said, just that relationship side. Uh, no matter what we do in the sports industry, it's all about the people and like what you know, who you know. It's it's all it's all valuable. It's all gold uh, for us in a sense. It's it's not as big as a world as you think it is. It, it really is a tight knit um, sports entertainment in general is is pretty you know, cylinder and everything will come back around and stuff. So you gotta just keep those relationships open and don't burn any bridges exactly and especially speaking to like a little more of that entertainment side in terms of the game day experience uh, for you guys what does that look like you know as soon as fans you know come in and but and, and until the time they leave yeah obviously some of the some of the bigger clubs um have a little more staffing a little more metro area so they can put a little more into their production um a lot of the t- uh, it's your typical minor league game day experience. You know, you have the hoopla, the coming in, the bands playing, the smell of concessions, in between inning promotions. You know, go. You know, some clubs go a little crazier than other clubs. Some clubs are a little more, their fans are a little more purist, so they do a little bit less. Um, but it's all the atmosphere. It's it's really minor league baseball in general, and especially the summer collegiate league. You really gotta. It, it's more about the entertainment um because we're all competing for that disposable income you know whether it's bowling alley or movie theater or water park or you know uh indoor or chuck e cheese you know there were there's only so much disposable income and parents need to figure out how they're going to spend it exactly exactly and you know and it seems like every team you know has like a challenge or two and then of course like a lot of successes with it so even if it like challenge may be like a rain delay um or you know just some kind of weather delay or anything along those lines like how would you guys manage something like that um like you know especially in in, in like today's environment too you stay on top of it um you gotta stay on top of the weather the berkshires there's a little strange i mean it because we're surrounded by mountains here so sometimes it looks like it's coming at us we'll break apart as it hits the mountains and go around us Otherwise, we'll form literally on top of us, and we'll have no notice, and the, the, the sky will open up, and then we're we're done. Um, at that point, you can't do anything about it. So you just you know live on and play the next game. Um, two years ago, when I was out here, we we had a lot. The probably I think it was like the third or fourth wettest winter or summer they've had out here, and we lost a lot of games for because of the weather. Last year was really dry, and we had one rain out last year. So it's, it's just a matter of of watching the weather, listen to the locals, the people that live here their whole life. They, they know what the weather is going to do, the way the clouds are and stuff like that. And so you listen to them and then hopefully you have enough people to tarp, run tarp the field and um, you go from there. So it's just, and then, you know, while you're in a rain delay is keeping everybody active. I'm a little bit more challenged here. The fact that my cricket stand is not in use. Um, so it's not a whole lot of places people can 
go to get out of the weather. So in a rain delay, I, I usually will just probably call it um, because it's just, there's no place for anybody to, to stay dry. And so mm-hmm. we'll, just, we'll just call it, I'll, I'll go to the umpire and crew and say, hey, we just need to call this thing because there's, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's not going to be worth this. So let's just go. Oh yeah. And, and those are always, always so fun too, those tar poles. Cause I've had to do them a few time, times on my end. Uh, Cause I used to, I went to undergrad down in uh, North Carolina, worked for a minor league team down that way. And literally opening day that season, tar pole right off the bat. And uh, the president always told us, make sure you bring extra pairs of socks. Socks and shoes. I'll be honest with you. Shoes are, important too because let me tell you that clay gets wet and it stinks yeah oh yeah and those shoes do not you don't get the smell out of those shoes so <laughs> I, I have i tell everybody who works for me that you know bring your tarp shoes and the extra pair of socks obviously because um just you rip off the socks and just go barefoot and because it's 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 going to destroy your shoes uh, yeah oh my goodness like you're spot on with that too talk about stanky I gotten home, home a few times. My family's looking at me like, "Are you all right?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, yes, it's great. It's fine. It's just, yep. like I said, just a clay." So yeah, it, it's pretty raunchy. And so I know we we're talking about like just a minute ago about uh, like the locals, like we said with the weather and and how does the team kind of get involved with the community? Um, what kind of what does that look like in your guys's front? I, once again, it, it's the community is the team. Without the community, there is no team. And so we're out there. I mean, obviously, COVID threw everybody for a loop, and we're still somewhat struggling to get back to whatever normal was pre-COVID. Um, just now starting to see the schools letting us go into the schools with the players to um, hang out with the kids, talk to the kids, read to the kids. Um, the July 4th parade came back last year here and having the players you know, in the parade, um, getting with the school districts for education days. Um, it, the school districts are our best friend and because you have the captive audience and you, you got to get, you know, kids, as you know, and everything, kids direct their parents where to spend their money. And so if we can capture the kids and we're, we're good. Um you know, being involved in the local chamber of commerces, going out uh, frequently, frequenting the, the local establishments, you know, the especially your sponsors, you know, going out and spending money with your sponsors, getting your people, you know, the kids, the, the athletes, hey, go, I know y'all are going out after the game, go to XYZ place because they sponsor us um, type situation. So, I mean, it, it starts from the top to the bottom, just being fully immersed, fully immersive in the community and, um, you know, listening to them. You know, the locals know what they want. Um, we're a little bit different because we do have a large tourist base come here, start, you know, the end of June, beginning of July from um, elsewhere in New England. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until that point, you know, I, I can't survive waiting for those people to get here I, I have to get the locals in and i'm, I'm very fortunate that pittsfield's got such a, a historic um, baseball background that they, they they want baseball they they yearn to have baseball here so it helps out yeah for sure and and that's so true um i did a tiny bit of reading on the history of like out in pittsfield 
and it was pretty cool like especially like i read a little bit about like the stadium itself and just mm -hmm. how like a circle like the stadium like the facility alone is uh and that was really neat to look up too it's still one of only two stadiums in the country that has a sun delay the, right <laughs> that's um, awesome it's great for concession sales. The players don't particularly care for it, and, <laughs> but you know, I, it, it's a home field advantage for us because you know, I, you can tell the way the weather is going to be, whether we're going to have it or not, and then I can tell the coach and say, "Hey, you need to scrap the starting pitcher and just start with your relief, and then insert your starting pitcher at the second inning because we're going to have a sun delay today." Uh, right. No. That's that's cool, and that's that's a nice little park, like you said, like. You know right away okay this is how it's gonna go yep definitely use that to your advantage for sure and so as my final question to start wrapping things up um i know the game of baseball or the sport of baseball means something can mean something a little bit different to everybody uh so i wanted to see what you thought what what does baseball mean to you baseball means freedom baseball means and more than just the the sense of the word, it means that we're outside. There's freedom from being inside after a long winter. Um, baseball is, you know, my brother is in the army, and it means what he's out there fighting for. Um, the ability for these student athletes to play this game, to go on potentially to bigger and better things for the for the kids you know that they were for them the ability to come out here and, and play a game potentially make a living doing it or not just getting an education uh doing it so baseball means freedom to me yeah and tell your brother thank you for his service too it's definitely much appreciated and and um yeah i love that too uh because especially like i said you know just the ability the ability to just go do it yes sir and just to be able to like i said after a long winter hey it's finally back let's go play country names. Yeah, of course. When we did not know the answer.